Content on this production is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute medical treatment or diagnosis. Seek medical help if you believe that you are suffering from a mental illness or are a threat to yourself or others. By using any or all of the information provided, you do so at your own risk. Any application of the material is at the listener's discretion and is his or her sole responsibility. Everybody, Doc Brian here, and welcome to Doc Talks, where we talk about people's trials, tribulations, and triumphs, and just life in general. I have today with me Willie Willie Jackson. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. Um, and you have a podcast too. Yes. So, right, where could we find your podcast at? My podcast is on all streaming platforms: Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, everywhere. Uh, it's called Wellie's World Podcast. Okay. Well, these were, we'll make sure to put that link uh, here on this podcast so you can you can check him out. Uh, Willie is a comedian, actor, and writer. Yes, sir. Uh, where did you Where did you grow up? Are you from this area originally? Yeah, I'm from New York. I grew up in Staten Island, Staten Island, okay. New York. All right, tell me about that because I'm from Arkansas, and so oh. all of the I'm a foreign country here. Yes, uh, never been to New York. So uh, tell me a little bit about your your formative years of you know family that kind of thing well it i don't know i mean my story's not that intriguing i don't think i think it's typical we grew up in the projects you know like like every rapper raps about but honestly my experience in the projects wasn't bad i mean we weren't poor we just <laughs> we just lived in buildings like it was, it wasn't nothing crazy of that matter. Like I mean, we went on vacation every year. We went to Disney World like for fifteen years in a row, so it wasn't bad. I was the kid who grew up playing sports. Like if it wasn't school, it was sports. I, I said that wrong. I'm sorry. If it wasn't sports, it was school. I got you. Like my dad wasn't hearing anything other than sports, so that's how I grew up. I, I played basketball and baseball my whole life. It was sports 24. Anybody who knows me that's even seen me growing up, I had some sort of ball in my hand, and that was my childhood. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as, as I say, some people are built for comfort and others for speed, and uh-huh. I'm obviously built for comfort. I didn't do all the <laughs> sports kind of stuff. Uh, I jokingly say I played basketball until I figured out it was a running sport. And that then, is hilarious. You know, we're done. You know, so uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's you know, kind of we we learn stuff through through this, and and but but I'm glad that I tried. You know, I'm glad uh-huh. that, but it was not. It was not. And you can, you know, I I I'm not the uh, the guy that's working out you know, uh-huh. any day a week, <laughs> you <That's>... know, <laughs> so, uh, I'm that's... going to the gym right after this. Okay. Good for you. Yeah, I'm going, and, I gotta go. And good for you. <laughs> I gotta get back yeah. skinny yeah. again. I got a movie coming out. You do you. That's all I can say. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> so brother, sisters. Yeah. I got one brother and two sisters. Okay. What, do, what do they do? One of my sisters is a kindergarten teacher. Okay. My other sister, she does like financial consultant, and my brother, she, uh, he works at a juvenile detention center. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. Okay. What was life growing up with your siblings? Was it just? I I hate to use the word normal, but for mm-hmm. us growing up, that's all we know. Right. But looking back, how was how was life growing up with your siblings? Was there, 
you know, a lot of competition? Was there, you know, family uh, problems or situations that, that went on when you were younger? No, we had a, we had a nice little loving family. I mean, me and my, everybody in my, like all of my brothers and my siblings, we all played sports. It was sports. Like we, and normally I could see how that can breed competition, but no, that wasn't the case. We just had fun. It was just fun nonstop. A lot of jokes, a lot of pranks. So what's the best prank that you remember pulling? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. I remember one time, it may or may not have been my birthday weekend. My cousin came to sleep over. So it is me, my two sisters, and my brother, and him. So <laughs> he's going to kill me for this. So we was like, all right, cool. The first person that goes to sleep, we're putting hot sauce in your mouth. Mm. Right? So <laughs> my sisters are older. So my cousin thought we were, he thought we was playing. Uh-huh. So, all right, he went to sleep. Like, he fell asleep, like, 10 minutes after we said that. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we we can't let this shit slide. Right, right. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, we discussing, like, all right, what if we do this and he actually likes hot sauce? <laughs> so I'm, like, six. Uh-huh. And <laughs> so whatever. You know, my dad's like, all right, cool. You know, it's time for everybody get, to actually get in the bed, get out of the living room. But what he didn't know was one of my sisters confiscated the hot sauce already. <laughs> we get in the bed, everybody's in their beds, and uh, we put hot sauce in the corners of his mouth. And what I didn't know was one of my sisters also put it in his nose. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he could suffocate this uh, way. Yeah. I'm sure he could. But, um... He thought the yelling, ah, ah, <laughs> they trying to kill me. <laughs> and then he found out it was hot sauce. And then what we learned was he was allergic to whatever is in hot oh, no. sauce. Because so, his mouth and his nose started breaking out. And he's like, oh, I'm allergic. I don't need that. Oh, my God. This is so So funny. how much trouble did you get in over that prank? I don't even think we got in trouble. You're lucky because they couldn't pinpoint who did it yeah they couldn't pinpoint who did it and then it was like well what the hell do we do like kids are gonna be kids right like you know we want them to still and then oh i'm lying to you my father said okay so since we're gonna play that game i'm putting hot sauce in everybody's mouth and everybody's nose <laughs> that's what so, happened so it was, it, if you're gonna stick together you're all gonna get punished yeah that's what yeah. happened and I was like, okay, I like this. Like, this, this tastes good. <laughs> like, my, my sister started laughing and spit the hot sauce across the room. But, yeah, I remember that. I guess that was the punishment. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't happen in my home growing up. Because if you're on TikTok, I don't know, there's a comedian on there, and she has this. It's uh, cooking with Caucasians. Oh, really? <laughs> and it talks about— Oh, it's about, no hot sauce. Yeah, no hot sauce, no— only salt and pepper. That's, That's all it, we yeah. use. Mm -hmm. So there would be no hot sauce in, in our house, too. Y'all would have to, had to go to Walmart. To, yeah, we would. <laughs> Gotta go get it first. Uh, <laughs> if they had it there, you know, it's just <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. Yeah, practical jokes and, and things, even in, in a household of where, you know, you have siblings that are really close and there's not a rivalry and not kind of competition, mm -hmm. uh, you can get you can get away with those, those type of things. So what was your one sport that you would say was – was what you were the best at. I was the best at baseball. I, I was a lefty. I, I pitched. 
I uh, play first base. Like, that was my thing. But I enjoyed playing basketball more. Like, I looked at baseball as, like, my relaxing activity. But I was way better at that than I was basketball. But basketball was just so much more fun. Mm. Like, it's nonstop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've never understood, though, why you have to run the other end of the court to do uh, the same thing. See, that was high school. When I uh -huh. got to high school and in college, I, I had an argument with my coach. I was a freshman. It was like the second practice. Uh -huh. I said, no, 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 you got this wrong. I signed up to play basketball, not run track. This looks <laughs> a lot like track. Right. Because when, you know, in training camp, you got to, there are no basketballs. They're like, all right, run the track till I say stop. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't do that. I'm in shape. I, I'm in basketball shape, not track shape. Right, right. And college was like, because, you know, when you come in college as a freshman, it's like, they, it's like, it's like shit, it's like boot camp. They try to break you of all your bad habits. It's a whole new world. And, yeah, and there was a lot of running. I'm like, I've never ran six miles before in my life. And then, like, college sports is different because they got analytics. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, you never ran six miles before, so how long have you played basketball? My whole life. And they're like, okay, well, during the course of a basketball game, you run seven miles. So, therefore, you have <laughs> ran six before. I'm like, oh, come on, But man. not all at once. <laughs> right, right, right. There's somebody getting fouled. There's timeouts. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where did you go to college? I went to two colleges. Okay. I went to, uh, I had to go to junior college first. I went to Manhattan Community College. Then I went to Marist College. Okay. And did you have a degree or were you nah, not able I still to finish? Need six, I still need six credits. Is that all? Just six credits? Just six credits. So what are you waiting for, man? I'm a comedian now. I don't need that <laughs> shit. I, I make more money than the professors now. Shit. They, they stay my friends on Facebook. They be like, hey, man, see, everything's going well. I'm like, yeah. Because it was one professor who failed me and I didn't know that if you fail a class in college, it counts against you until you pass it. Correct. Uh -huh. yeah, and they didn't tell me nothing like that. And I'm like, why is my GPA so low? It's like, oh, that class that you failed two semesters ago, is still it still counts again. Like, oh, man. And the main reason why I feel, it was African-American studies. I don't know if you noticed. I'm African-American. <laughs> you are. Yes. I, I, I didn't notice. So uh. the thing was, the teacher was like the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not even going to buy the textbook. None of that. I'm going <laughs> to flirt my way to an A. And, yeah, that failed miserably. And then the second time I took the class, she was like, what took you so long to take my class again? <laughs> I was like, we could have been in a relationship. You were expecting me. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the second time I took it, but that was my um, that was my last semester in college. I was just like, college was fun for me because I enjoy learning at my speed. Right. But I didn't see how college, how I could use college in what I'm, I just felt. Like Kanye said, uh, oh, you graduated? Nah, I decided I was finished. <laughs> that was it. I just said, right. okay, we're done here. Right. Well, and then there are those people who, you know, they squeeze four years of college into five. Yeah. You know, they just, they spread it all out. But I do think this is an opportunity to mention that college isn't for everybody. No, no. And it's okay to not have a college degree. Especially nowadays. Like th these days, I think you're almost... It's more beneficial to just take out a $40,000 loan and start your career at what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And, yes, you're going to fall. 
you're going to you're going to reach those hardships anyway. At least now it's directly towards something you want. Right. Even if you don't know what you want, that's a good time to figure that out. Right. Because there are, you know, there are electricians and plumbers and mm -hmm. and uh, HVAC workers right. that are making more money than mm -hmm. people with a four-year degree. And even yeah. in some cases, people with master's degrees. Right. And so I, I just, I tell people all the time, do not fall into this social lie that you have to have a college degree. Right. It's not for everybody. There are people who should not even go to college. You yes. know that, uh, And then there are some majors that you should never go to college and major in. And exactly. I'm like, why would the school even offer, offer this that, degree yeah. knowing that you're not going to be able to do anything with it. Exactly. You know? But that's because, not to cut you off, but college, when you go to college, I've realized, I realized this firsthand, college is all about money. It's not about you learning anything. That's up to, hopefully you learn something while you give us your money. That's college in a nutshell. Because when you look at it, there's so many days off from school. It's like, I haven't learned shit. I've been here three years already. Mm -hmm. It's like, we've had breaks on top of breaks on top of breaks. Like, and and two, uh, people in undergraduate programs uh, are often there because they've gotten scholarships. Yes. Or not that it's a bad thing, but their mom and dad are financing it for them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have any equity in it to really put themselves and apply themselves into knowing that, hey, this really is all about money. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you've got a four-year degree and you're $40,000 in debt. Yeah, my boy's going through that now. He said his degree cost him $80,000 and he hasn't used it once. I was like, damn. Yeah. That's so you've got an $80,000 piece of paper. Exactly. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, you could have bought two good cars. Right. And then we could curse on here, Doc. You say whatever you want to say. All right, cool. I just wanted to be respectful because it's like, <laughs> I, well, he, I want you to be real. That's right, what I, I'm gonna be that's, honest. That's what I want. I'm gonna be honest. Is my boy? He's a virgin still, and he graduated. I said, "Wow, you went to college and you didn't get no pussy. Mm. Like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> like, you you could have put eighty thousand dollars worth of pussy. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> how how old is he? Twenty six. I might need to get him on the podcast too, and yes, and talk to him. About, I think so about all of this. I think you do. Yeah. So going to what was your major? Liberal arts and Spanish women. <laughs> <laughs> you both are joint major, double major. Yeah. I I don't think that's how that works. I'm, that's what I studied up there, yeah. man. <laughs> was there a was there an emphasis within liberal arts that you were? That's where the Spanish women were. <laughs> you see what I did? I, I see what you did there. Yes. No, honestly, that was what my basketball coach told me to take because he was like, all right, this is going to be the easiest way to stay eligible. He goes, don't get in here and start trying to study business. When you start studying things of that nature, that comes with math. He goes, I can't help you with none of that. He goes, just do the little, because I really wanted to study communications. The first school I went to, they didn't even have a communications program and because I, I wanted to get into broadcasting. And they didn't have none of that. So I was just like, all right, let's just do the liberal arts route. It seems the easiest way. You did that to stay playing basketball, yeah. but did you have aspirations of like going NBA or something? Yeah, yeah. That... I, I thought I was going to the NBA. And then I met um I met Chris Paul and mm -hmm. that was it. That was it right there. I knew mm -hmm. I wasn't going to the NBA. Mm -hmm. Cause like Chris Paul's not the tallest NBA player. He's actually he's he's six two, six three. 
So he's one of the smaller NBA players. He shook my hand, and his hand was double the size of mine. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to make it because we the same height. But his hands are double the size because he's a point guard. That means he dribbles the ball a lot. God wants him to be in the NBA. Me, uh-uh. I got to do something else. I got to right. find – no matter how much I love basketball – basketball not gonna love me the same like his right. hands are double the size of mine he's right. born to dribble basketballs I, I that was the day i knew that it was done for me i'm gonna ask you the the typical psychologist talking to the guy sitting in the chair okay or on the couch on the couch. this is a nice couch too. uh how did that make you feel when you had that moment of knowing that it wasn't going to happen it was over it was it was like a like a it was a quiet feeling, like everything stopped moving for a minute. Like, you know, you get a little down, like, like, cause you know, your life's about to change. Like, all right, this isn't the one thing I thought I was going to do forever. I'm not, I clearly, this is coming to an end shortly because his hands are bigger. He can do things with the ball. I will never be able to do. So it was like, all right, cool. It got quiet for a while. And then I was like, it was like, sort of like a celebration because it's like, you you essentially you have the world in your hands, so to speak, because it's like now you really have to discover yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not what you thought it was. Right. And it's not a sad thing. It's a happy thing because growth shouldn't be sad. Mm. You know what I mean? That's good. Like I like I always look at growth as like a new life, so to speak, like a new beginning. So from there, how did you process that to know where you wanted to go? Uh, I didn't. I just listened to what was around me because I always feel like your purpose in your life is not something new. It may be something you've been ignoring. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to everything that was around me. And what, what that was was everybody I've ever met said, you're funny. And I was like, I fought it for years. Everybody has said that about me, but they mm -hmm. added looking on the end <laughs> funny of that looking, statement. <laughs> That's a good one. So everybody's always told me I was funny. And then I listened to who was telling me I was funny. Is it just my friends? Is it just my parents? Is it just my aunts? No. It's everybody, strangers, people in the bank, all ages, all races. So I was like, hmm, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. Maybe I'll go into radio. Mm -hmm. And then I had a job working at Sirius XM when they first started. And then when they signed Howard Stern, a lot of people was losing their job because they paid him so much money. And then they was like, yeah, it's not looking good for y'all little hip-hop station. But the station is still there. But I was like a college student with like a, I don't even want to call it an entry-level position. It was the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. It didn't deter me from radio. It just made me tap back in. Like where, like find my purpose more. Like, all right, people are saying I'm funny, but, like, you know, where? And then I kept listening. I knew a comedian, and he was like, you're funny, you should do comedy. And then I realized that's what people have been telling me all of. I should do comedy. And I was like, I'm funny, but I'm not stand-up comedian funny. And he was like, "You, yes, you are. I'm like, I, I can't do that. I'm uh, First off, I'm shy. And he's like. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm shy. You just a cool dude, Doc. Okay. So what it is, is I ended up putting it on him. I said, if you get me a show, I'll do a show and I'll prove to you that I'm not as good as you think I am. And he got me a show. My first show was with Andrew Schultz 
from the Brilliant Idiots podcast. Shout out to Andrew Schultz. And I got I think on... I'm going to have him this week on Doc Talks. That's my man. Yeah. Yeah, that's my man. My first show, he was hosting. It was his show. And um, he was like, what do you want me to say when I bring you on stage? I was like, I don't know my name. <laughs> he goes, you ain't been on nothing? I'm like, never. Like, this is my first show. He goes, oh, damn. But I got laughs on every joke I told, and it turned out that I was funny. And Schultz was like, yo, you want to do the next show? I was like, yeah, when is it? He was like, next week, same time, same everything. And that's what we did. And from there, I'm nine years in. I done, I done toured three different times, the, 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 the country, the, the whole Northeast. Like, I've written TV shows. I'm here. So what would you say... In, in your career now mm -hmm. uh, as a comedian, actor, writer, what was the pinnacle of that career as of right now? Wow. Like, uh, whew, the way I look at it, I look at it as many pinnacles. Like, one was uh, going on tour with Tracy Morgan was definitely, that was like my first win. Like, the first time I was like, wow, I'm doing something. Like, you know? So I went on, I toured with Tracy for five years. That was definitely a, a pinnacle. When I started, I was super young. Like I met him within my first year of even doing comedy. And he was like, yo, just come on the road with me. And then whatever, that blossomed into a lot. Another pinnacle was uh, writing The Last OG. Just being able to work with so many uh, legends like Jordan Peele, Cedric the Entertainer, Tiffany Haddish. Not only working with them, like, we all still have a relationship till this day. It's great. Like, that is, like, like they used to pay me for that shit. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, most people barely, they know who Jordan Peele is, but it's like, he's the guy you know, but you hardly see him. Mm -hmm. I got his phone number in my phone. Like, that, he's a cool dude. Like, that's yeah. my boy. So it's like, boom, Jordan. So oh. you can call him and get him to come do a dog talk, right? That might give me some clout here. You, the hard part is calling him and getting him to come to New York. Okay. <laughs> we we have all kinds of technology That's here that, that we can use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like being able to work with these people who are considered legends, mm -hmm. that is like, the, that's the top. That's the pinnacle for me. Okay. And so on the flip side of that, mm -hmm. what was the lowest point in your career? The lowest point in my career, hmm, because I don't, I don't look at things as low points. I look at things as this is just a change. So let's make this a little broader and say, okay. what is the lowest point that you've had in your life? Lowest point that I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. Whether it be, you know, a loss of a loved one or a situation that just didn't work out or you know, whatever, the the lowest that you remember ever being in life? I lost my uncle about three and a half, maybe four years ago, right before we started working on The Last OG. And um, that was tough because he was a healthy guy, and we were close. We spoke every day. Like, as a kid, he was at my house every weekend. If he wasn't at my house one weekend, there was an issue. Like, something, well, why is that here? So losing him and he was one of the most healthiest people that i've known to a heart attack it's like what no way that sent me into like depression for months like three four months 
I was still doing comedy at the time, but it didn't it feel like I do comedy. Like, yeah, it, I, I make money. I make good money from it and uh, and things of that nature. But comedy has just been it's it, it never feels like work. It's super fun. But that that period of time, it 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 seemed, it seemed like work. Like, oh, I gotta do this. Well, it's hard to try to make other people happy when you're not happy. Right, right, right. And, and that that flows over into anything in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't make somebody happy in a relationship if you're not happy. If you're not even happy. Yeah. Yet. And so uh, there there comes a point in time where we kind of have to step back Absolutely. and and reevaluate yeah. and say, okay, what is the primary issue right now? Right. And and we need to realize, uh, well, I think it's important for us to identify that it is okay to do that, yeah. even if it means there will be a loss of income, even exactly. if, even whatever it may be, because, and, and once again, I'm speaking from this chair to the couch that has all uh-huh. of the experience in this field. Uh-huh. But to me, my thought process would be, it would be better to lose money yes. than to do a job and not give your hundred percent and be jaded in that production for the rest of your career. That that's exactly me. Um, with, with me, I don't let money determine my decisions. Mm. If something doesn't feel right, I don't do it. And like I'm like Liam Neeson, I have a rare set of skills. <laughs> so it's like I'm gonna be able to make money. I will find you, and I'm gonna find you. I will you. kill you. Yeah, it, exactly. That's right. So I'm not worried about it. I mean, yeah, it comes in a point like, damn, uh, money's gonna be tight for a while. But at the same time, it's like money's not hard to get. Every think about it, you look outside, and there's a lot of people outside. It's like each and every last one of those people, they're going to get money. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get. People just put obstacles in their way. I'm not going to do this to get money. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that some people let this situation get them so to a point that they just, I give up? Well, that's because I feel that's because life gets tough at a certain point. And when people don't realize that life is filled with valleys and peaks, everyone has heard that. But when that shit is happening, people don't see it that way. You know, people just look like, you know, it's raining. It's raining today, but people tend to look at that as if it's only raining on them. Mm-hmm. So it's like while yeah. the farmers are going, we needed this rain. Yes. Yeah. Yes, y'all. How you think all this? Ca- Everybody's vegan now. How you think y'all getting all this kale? Mm. You know what I mean? We gotta get this kale out here. So that's exactly what I it think. Is. There should be something in the DSM about people who are vegans that that's just. Not right. I probably just lost a lot of listeners you think, you by think, saying that. You think that. vegan is a mental illness? I didn't say that. I see you point to your <laughs> I head. didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> what my thought process was, how can you deny a pork chop? Listen. How I, can you deny okay. a steak? Okay, okay. I'm got, We're going to do this. Let's, Wait, hold up. Are you vegan? If I say I'm vegan, vegans will probably beat me up. Okay. But- what I do do is I do I hardly eat, I hardly eat meat mm-hmm. because I just do my research. Mm-hmm. When you do your research on what meat does to the human body, mm-hmm. I guarantee you will not eat that. I shit. don't care. That's the thing. I don't care. That's the thing. Pork tastes amazing. Yes, sir. Just do your research. You'll never eat that shit again. <laughs> and well, I know you from Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. Uh, you know we have like whole hog cafe yes. that. Or pig pickings, you know, wow. where it's just the whole pig out there and 
they barbecue the whole pig wow. and you just go up and literally pick off of it. And what it you, tastes what, amazing. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. I will not debate you on that, but the, just do your research. I did my research and it changed my life. Well, for our listeners, okay. I'm not anti-vegan. Okay. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where the risk benefit, you know, I told you, I don't want to dive nothing. I want to dive something. So if it's pork, I'll take it. But my thing is, I don't want to die tonight. That's true. Have a heart That's attack true. in your sleep. You That's can't true. Even, you can't even take a Bayer aspirin. Then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, I'm going to have to remind you, I'm the host here. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, but even in that, in our culture, uh-huh. sometimes we go to that comfort food. Definitely. Culture determines what you eat. I've, I've realized that. Like, I'm black. Black people, we eat soul food. That is the worst shit known to man. And it's like, why do you think we're all dying of diabetes, heart disease? Like, it, yes, the food tastes amazing. Mm-hmm. But pork chops are not, I mean, collard greens are not supposed to have pork in them. Like, it, 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 it's no longer good for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or to be prepared with bacon grease. Exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, which I, makes everything better. Of course it's going to taste great. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, when, when we bring all of these aspects into mental health, now I cannot deny that diet has a lot to do with mental health. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. Ever since I've, I don't like, I go months without eating meat easily. Ever since I just paid attention to what I eat, I've been a happier. I felt better. Like I just feel more energized. Sure. But go ahead. And so... Even in the little things, for instance, caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine does things to your brain that can cause issues. It could, mm-hmm. you know, make depression worse. It can make, of course, make anxiety worse. Just in the simple thing of drinking water. You, you see know, what I got in my head? I see it. I see it. It's not near big enough. No, but, it's not, but I had yeah, two of them. That's that's a whole swaller, yeah. as we say in Arkansas. That's a whole <laughs> that's swaller it. of water. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, for those listening, of course, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't give medical advice. But the general rule of thumb is take your weight, divide it in half. That's how many ounces of water you should drink a day. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, I even notice, which I have ADHD, Mm -hmm. I notice that I think clearer. Yeah. You know, that that I see through a different lens. You know, everything is is brighter. And so, yeah, there. I mean, there are all kinds of of different things uh, within, you know, homeopathic medicine that can give us new outlooks and new expressions. And I would be the first to tell you, I'm not the guy that says, "Hey, you need to go get a prescription for this," right? Because if you go get a prescription from wherever, and that little insert in there that tells you this may cause Everything. Everything. But the last line says, but your doctor has weighed these risks against what you actually have. Well, has he? Yeah. Yeah. And you certainly haven't because you went and got it. Right. And so, you know, I think they're within not just mental health, but in in medical that there needs to be a lot of advocacy on our own parts that we are advocating for ourselves. And there are just... Things we shouldn't be doing, you know. Absolutely right. We don't need to just be sleeping three hours a night, you know. Sleep and rest is so is so big. Like my cousin, he's a um, he's a bodybuilder and a nutritionist, 
And he like I used to work out six days a week, and he goes, "What the hell are you doing?" Mm -hmm. He goes, "I'm a bodybuilder, and I do not do that." He goes, "You can't be getting good sleep at night." Right. He goes, "What day do you just rest?" I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's like Sunday, like whatever." He goes, "Your quality of rest isn't good. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like right. what are you doing?" Right. And everything affects. For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. You're absolutely right. Like, and so that brings us to the topic of balance. Yeah, life is all about it. How do we do it? How do we balance? It's a good question. That's a loaded question. Wow. I, I don't even. All right. It's or like, let me rephrase that. How do you balance? Maybe that's a harder I question. I don't even know if I balance. And I, I mean, I balance my food, meaning if you're going to go crazy and have a burger you got to have the you can't do that the next couple of days like mm -hmm. you, it has to be a bunch of vegetables and fruit water so you can't have a big mac breakfast lunch and dinner for 6 days no no definitely not you can't have a burger today for lunch and have pizza for dinner you can't like oh that. you can oh you can and I, and I have done that as you can see I, i've done that but you got to balance it out you need you definitely need your water you know your vegetables your fruit whatever but my life consists of comedy, 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 and arguments. Mm. <laughs> There's no balance with me. I mean, I just pretty much do comedy. And, but you know, it takes two to argue. Yeah, yeah, I know. And arguments. But women never admit they wrong, so there you go. <laughs> well, that that has a lot to do with biology and <laughs> and menly desires, I think. You know, when it when it comes to arguing in a relationship, I, I often tell people that an argument is ninety percent tone and ten percent content. You're absolutely right, and nobody and and ten percent content, like you say, because who's listening to somebody yelling at them? Like absolutely, absolutely. What would your advice be to someone who is trying to get into? comedy or being an actor or writer what would your words of wisdom be to those people it's simple if you want to do comedy you have to get on stage there's no way around that yeah you could do instagram videos that's that's a that's a specific thing that's a specific part of comedy and a very limited audience yes it is it, but it's easier because you just need a phone and if it's not funny, you just don't post it. Or you delete it after nobody likes it. Right. You get three likes and it's like, oh, I'm getting out of here. No. But to be a stand-up comedian, you definitely need to get on stage. You need to fall in love with getting on stage and writing new jokes. You need to fall in love with the process. And it's every single night, seven days a week, in the rain, in the snow, negative three degrees. You, you, the people are in these, these comedy clubs are packed negative five degrees outside so for stand-up you need to get on stage and fall in love with that just being around it like everything about stand-up doesn't mean you need to be on stage every night sometimes you just need to be around comedy and get the juices flowing right as far as acting acting i would say definitely take acting class to start out like every actor that i have talked to that's how they've started that's how i started you need because you need to learn the ropes like my my thing is i i just started a podcast and could i was supposed to do a podcast three years ago but what the reason i didn't do it then was because i need to learn everything before i jump into this 
because I'm so scared that I'm going to be doing this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I know how hard it is to break bad habits. So for acting, most definitely start with an acting class. Yeah, that is the number one way to go because all actors take acting class, even the famous ones, the rich ones. They just become rich and have the acting coach come to the house. They're not right. in the class. Right. And as far as writing, that's simple. Like you want to write TV shows, you want to write movies, very simple. Write something. Like <laughs> you can't be a writer if you never wrote anything. Right. It's like write something. Start somewhere and build on it. That's it. R- write up a spec script for a TV show that already exists. Like you already know that show. So you you don't even have to be creative yet. So write an episode. Right. Yeah. Write an episode of something that already exists. You already know the characters. You already know where this is going. But at this point, now you get used to writing. And then branch out from there. You, you could say, all right, cool. Let's take all of their characters out and let's put my characters in. Now you have something different. Now you're working with something. Right. You know what I mean? So th- that's how I would start those things. And, you know, I, I, I find it intriguing mm-hmm. i watch the chicago series chicago fire chicago med chicago pd yeah i auditioned TV. for a bunch of those oh did you yeah i, ain't well, none of it. I would have i'd have hired you i, I appreciate I'd, that i'd have hired you I, I ain't uh, well you'd have been on all three shows you know i just put I you put you there in in watching those shows wolf entertainment i think is what mm-hmm. it, or yeah wolf entertainment yeah they, um, they cast it right down the block do they yeah well, maybe i need to run down there while That's i'm right here down there to Chelsea yeah. Piz, yeah. Uh, i could i can't think of the psychiatrist's name on chicago med but i know i could do a better job than him uh-huh. but anyway that's that's neither here nor there but i saw an actual script mm-hmm. of the television show for an episode of chicago fire right and so i was intrigued and i found that episode and i watched the episode and followed the script mm-hmm. there's so much on a screen that's not in that's the not script. on the script yeah and so people have this idea mm-hmm. that you've memorized lines and you mm-hmm. but there is there is creative juices that are flowing even within the character yes so i think on the outside looking in people who want to be an actor need to realize that there's a lot more to it than just reading a script yeah because if they wanted somebody to just read the lines it wouldn't matter how good of an actor he was. Absolutely. So, and that's why it would be necessary. Well, I don't want to use the word necessary, but it would be extremely beneficial mm-hmm. to have acting classes. Definitely. To understand the terminology, you know, all of these things. But then, you know, when you when you said things about making bad habits, mm-hmm. I remember Psychology 101, Intro to Psych, my freshman year, mm-hmm. And Dr. Reynolds said, everything that you know about psychology, forget it. And I'm like, what? You know, okay, because we have this false sense of what actually is going on. I have a a TikTok page, TikTok account, I guess, not a page. Uh It's weird. But I do weird psychology facts. I don't know how many times people have commented and said, you need to show us your license because that is not right. Uh And I have said, go to the National Institute of Health. Here is the link. Mm -hmm. And they have found that what they have been taught all of their life is not right. And so people are so quick to jump, though, on the boat of, no, you're not right, because 
there are so many lies that we have been told yes our entire life they tell you milk is good for you absolutely and if milk was good then cows would be skinny exactly you know and we can't argue that it's the grass or the hay that makes them fat uh because then that would throw off all the plant-based i've never seen i've never seen nobody who eats grass that's yeah. fat there is uh that analogy is in a book uh, called uh, Sick, Fat, and Nearly Dead. If milk was good for you, then cows wouldn't be fat. Exactly. And so there are all of these things, though, that we have been taught to be absolute that just is not anywhere near the truth. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And like, it's a blatant lie, a lot of it. Like, okay, I remember since we're talking about psych, I took a psych class. And the first thing the professor said was, if you want to remember something, say it three times. Mm -hmm. You'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. Your brain is like a file cabinet. Mm -hmm. But if you say it seven times, it moves that information to the front of your brain. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Theoretically. Okay. Like not, so on the not, surface level, but not really. Uh, right. Right. Because I could say your name three times. Mm -hmm walk into the the kitchen in there get water and come back here and be what was his name right yeah you know uh but if i say it seven times i'm probably going to remember so the three times isn't as near as you know the it's the more the repetitiveness of it okay but in memory it's a lot more with association right so uh your name is welly mm -hmm. well one of my favorite comedians is british david williams ah. and so welly williams uh -huh. and so that's how i i associate things to remember with acronyms or with other people that i know yeah. but then there will be those people that I forget their name all the time because I don't have anything to associate them right, with. Like, and so there, there is no exact science. You know, there, there's, you know, uh, it's kind of like uh, the rule that is, um, what is it? Uh, seven or eight, but no more than nine. Okay. A and that's the rule that like telephone numbers, we can remember telephone numbers because it's a, two sets of three. It's perfect. And then one set of four. Yeah. And so you can pack that information to remember. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you get into psychology of that. And, you know, not only that, people don't realize that there are psychologists that have jobs at film industries. Yes. Because not because they need the psychology of how to write to make sure that the scene is accurate, mm -hmm. but that it is presented in a way that people will understand what is trying to be said and communicated and you know just subliminal advertising you know there's all kinds of psychology in that and so uh when we look at it at a whole and and i kind of i one of my psychology facts just blew some people out of their mind and that was today's weird psychology fact is that in relation to psychology there are no facts because it's all relative. Mm, that's deep, Doc. It's all relative. That is deep. You didn't even understand how deep that was. But none of this shit is true. No. <laughs> but but even in our everyday life, because it works for you doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. Yeah, that doesn't mean it even works. That because at the end of the day, that's how placebos work. Mm -hmm. It's like this does not. This is nothing in this pill. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even lower high blood pressure, but I'm going to convince you of that and watch your blood pressure drop. Absolutely. If you can convince somebody, mm -hmm. then you can make it work. And not to discount what, what I do is mm -hmm. in psychotherapy, 
But if I can convince you that your anxiety is not real, mm-hmm. you won't have anxiety anymore. In the same way of hypnotherapy, if you were to be hypnotized to believe that something wasn't what it is, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that problem then anymore. Then you just want that problem. You're absolutely the right. The issue comes where you don't believe me. Right. You don't believe what I'm saying. That's it. You have that doubt and you question everything. So that's why your anxiety is through the roof. 100%. All right. So with that being said, why am I scared of heights? Why are you scared of heights? Well, that is kind of getting into the diagnoses of things. So we're going to end this podcast here and go into Doc Talk's diagnosis where we're going to talk about, well, his fear of heights. And we're (sighs) going to talk a little bit about uh, some things that I've kind of picked up on through Uh our talk that 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 we need to we need to talk about well you know it'll be okay my anxiety's through the roof anxiety is through the roof (laughs) so uh for those who are are listening to this podcast Willie, tell us where they can find you where they can find your podcast again you could definitely find my podcast welly's world podcast on all streaming platforms apple podcast spotify amazon music google podcast iHeartRadio app it's called welly's world podcast Welly's World Podcast, all streaming platforms, like every platform we're on there. It's a good time, man. We just have fun. We'll have you. We'll find you. Of course, I'm Doc Brian. You can find me at thedocbrian.com. And be kind to one another, love each other, and we will see you next time on Doc Talks.